Well, good morning. There was a young man and a young woman. And they came into a restaurant. It was evening. It was dinner time. And they were arm in arm, leaning against each other. And as they came in, there was a little bit of a line and a little bit of a wait. And they stand next to each other, close, chatting, interacting. If you'd have looked over, you'd have thought, they're getting along pretty well. But then when they got seated, they were set at a table in the back corner where the lights were a little more dim. And they were able to sit across from each other. And as they reached out and held hands and chatted with each other and looked in each other's eyes and laughed and listened and people from across the room could look over and say, they're in love. They're getting along very well. Some maybe even thought, why aren't we getting along that well? This couple continued to chat and communicate. And as the waiter came over and said, would, would you like to order? They're like, oh, we haven't even looked yet. And so the waiter was dismissed away. And so they checked then and started looking through. You know what I'm talking about? We've all been there, right? You talk and talk, and then you realize you're supposed to be there to order. And so they start ordering and looking through the things and figuring out what they want. And then when the waiter comes back, they say what they'd like. The waiter goes away, and they continue again. Just time together. Waiter comes back, delivers the food. Waiter comes back a number of other times, checking for bread, the water. Would you like another drink refilled? The interrupts along the way as they spend time. And at the end, they cut the check, put the tip, say the thanks, and they go out arm in arm together. Arm in arm, walking out. A deep, personal, intimate relationship. We can have that kind of a deep, personal, intimate relationship with God. The real question is this. In your life, is God the person across the table from you or the waiter? Just coming up every once in a while to see if you have a need, to see if there's something that could be taken care of, where you just say, I'd like this, please, and then have him go away. Who's across the table from you? That's what we're going after today. It's conversations with God, cultivating a passion for prayer, cultivating a passion for having our God across the table from us in a personal, intimate conversation time. That's what's available. You know, we're going to be looking at uh, Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. We're going to actually nail it down right to verse 36, but we're going to read 32 to 42. The ushers are going to be coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. If you do not have a Bible with you, we'd love to get one in your hands, okay? Just raise your hand. The ushers will get one to you. We're going to be reading through this passage and taking some time in the Word. Uh, So just raise your hand. We'll get a Bible there, all right? Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. And he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he, Jesus, said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. Going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were at all possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. 
Let not what, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The prayer of Jesus Christ. The prayer of our Savior. It's a good example to be learning from. We're going to nail it in on verse 36. This is actually his prayer as quoted. We're going to learn a few things about prayer. Why should I be praying? Why should I be seeking this passionate relationship with him? Why? First point is to delight in an intimate, trusting relationship with the Almighty. To delight in an intimate and trusting relationship with the Almighty. If you look at verse 36, he actually says, Abba, Father, Abba. To a little Jewish child, it would mean daddy. That's what that word means. Daddy, not dad, not father. Daddy. Every little Jewish child would say this word as they came running to their, to their father. And they would jump into his arms and say, daddy, daddy. It was the feeling of intimacy and of trust and dependence of little versus big as far as submission. Of I am completely dependent on you, Daddy. When you hear a child as you're walking through the mall and you hear him say, Daddy, and then they fill in the sentence, you can sense the relationship going on. That's what was going on here. As he fell to his knees and said, Daddy, Daddy, Abba. But then he followed it up. Father, You know, the Bible uses this metaphor of father. And the point is not for us to look and say, God must be like my dad. Because we as fathers try, but there's times where we fail. It's actually quite the opposite. It's we as fathers are supposed to be trying to be like him. And God the father in perfection knows how to care, knows how to reach out, knows when to discipline, knows how to love knows how to smile and laugh with, knows how to care for. Father, perfect father. We shouldn't resist the title father because we've had a bad experience with our father. Instead, we should say, he gets it. He understands perfectly what it is. Daddy, father, relationship. Jesus Christ grasped relationship. And as he went after that relationship and he cried out, Abba, Father, he had one other statement to make. All things are possible with you. All things are possible with you. You know, he's recognizing the ability of our God. 
to make an impact in his life. Yes, there's relationship, but there's more than relationship. There's desire. There's more than desire. There's ability. There's more than ability. There is the power to make an everlasting impact in your life and in my life. And as Jesus Christ falls to his knees and says, Abba, Father, you can do it. That's what he's saying. You can do it. You can do anything. I understand. Please. Please. Delight in an intimate relationship with him. Jesus Christ has reached out across the table. And he is taking the very hands of God the Father. As he's saying, I know who you are. And I'm trusting you deeply. I know you can do anything. But that's Jesus, right? I mean, he's God himself. Of course he's going to be in communion with God the Father. So, yeah, he could say that, but can we say that? Is it fair for us to claim that same relationship? Take a look real quickly at Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8. A few books over to the right. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. The Apostle Paul is writing. It's years after Christ has prayed this prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's fully aware of the prayer. And he says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Same words. We get to cry that. The Apostle Paul is saying, This is your privilege, Abba, Father. You know, as we look here, he says, I want you to understand something. You have been adopted. Yes, you were not considered his child, but now you are. You are a child of the king. You are a child of him who reigns over all. You're his child. You used to be clothed in rags, but now clothed in righteousness. You used to have no privilege, but now you have the very privilege to be in the presence of the King of Kings in his throne room with him, talking and calling him Daddy. Amen? That is a privilege. Why pray? Because we can delight in an intimate relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because he has allowed us to enter his throne room and say, Daddy. Daddy, here's where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. I'm struggling. I'm wrestling. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Whatever you might be going through, to share with him. Daddy. You know, just a little bit later there in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, it says the Holy Spirit prays for us. And groans for us, even when we don't get what's going on. We're clueless sometimes, right? I mean, seriously, we don't get what's going on sometimes. And we're saying, God, I don't get it. As a matter of fact, I'm not even in praying mode right now. And the Holy Spirit is groaning for us. Communicating between us and Him. Relationship. Intimate, personal, trusting relationship. You know, 
it's just uh, probably about six, seven months ago, um, I was in a seminary class downtown at Moody, and uh, so I was in Chicago, and got a call from my wife. Alyssa, our younger daughter, fell. Uh, she was rollerblading, and she fell backwards, and uh, she broke her arm. And uh, she wasn't sure, Jenna wasn't sure. She said, I, I waited a few hours because, you know, it didn't seem like it was that bad of a fall and it just seemed to be hurting worse and worse. So they went to the ER and sure enough, it was a full fracture. And so they said, you know what, we're going to set it in a splint tonight, but you need to go tomorrow and get it in a cast. So by the time I got home that night from the class, uh, Lisa was petrified about doing this thing tomorrow. And I still had a class. I still had to go back and finish the next morning. So I went to the class, got a call during that morning, and Jonna said, it's one o'clock. That's when we're going to be going to the doctors to get the cast on. Can you make it? Alyssa would really like to have you there. Can you make it? And I said, I'm going to do everything I can to get out of here, even if I maybe have to leave a little bit early on the class. We'll see. I ended up getting there, booking as fast as I could to get down there without speeding. <laughs> booking as fast as I could to get there. And I got there just as they were pulling up. And she got out of the van and she had this look on her face as she was holding her arm kind of limp. And she looked up at me and she said, Daddy, and came over and leaned into me as if to say, can we please not do this? <laughs> right? We walked in and we sat down and we waited there for just a few minutes and they ended up uh, taking her in to put the cast on. And she had no idea what to expect. Truthfully, I had no idea what to expect. I figured technology has changed in the last 30 years. I don't know what they're going to do to put this cast on. So we'll see. So they end up walking in and saying, you can choose any color you want, right? So she's going through the color choices and it's, you know, supposed to cheer the kids up in the midst of having a broken arm. It wasn't doing all that well, but she picked this, it was blue, right? She picked this like flaming blue color, like, okay, whatever, your choice, you know? They go to wrap this thing on and Alyssa has a very strong gag reflex. So anything can make it go. And you know what? She started gagging. She was getting nervous and scared. And I ended up, she looks over at me and says, Dad, Daddy. And I came over and scooped her into my lap and sat her down. And I held her as they wrapped and put this cast on and fixed the arm. Daddy, it's the thing we cry to the one we love and trust when we're in the midst of stuff we don't understand. When we're in the midst of hurt and concern and confusion. We're also sometimes screaming it when we're totally happy. Daddy, he's home. Daddy, are you leaning on God Almighty as your daddy? It's your privilege. It's your opportunity. It's your joy to be able to go into the presence of the king, the king of kings and lord of lords, and sit in his throne room and say, Daddy, Daddy, are you embracing that privilege with all you have? Are you ready to have an intimate, personal relationship with your God? Yes, he is transcendent. Yes, he is the distant other. He is different from us and he is all powerful, but he is ever present. And he wants to know all that's going on in your life from a personal level, not just factual. He understands and knows what's going on, but he wants you to share with him and he wants to be there with you. Daddy, in your life, holding you close, leaning you in 
as you walk your day-to-days with him? Are you ready to trust and have a personal relationship with him? Intimate, personal. That's our first opportunity, is being able to delight in an intimate, trusting relationship with him. The second is we get to lay my heart's burdens in his hands. Lay my heart's burdens in his hands. You know, it says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. But then he says, remove this cup from me. What's he talking about? Well, just a little bit earlier, he said um, that he would ask that this hour might pass from him. That this hour might pass from him. This is the time where Jesus Christ, the, the God of all gods, the creator of the universe, has come down and become a man, been raised up for the purpose of being our sacrifice on the cross. His death and resurrection to allow us to be forgiven for all eternity. And he is at that precipice where he is about ready to pay the price for you and for me. He is basically sitting at the spot where all of the sin of the weight of the world of all people is coming upon him. And he is saying, could this cup pass from me? This is making me sorrowful. It says a few verses earlier. Yes, Jesus was sorrowful. Let's let this sink in, okay? Jesus, in the midst of the weight of this world carrying, did experience the sorrow of it. And yet without sin. He was struggling. You know what? Emotions are going to be a real part of your life and my life. God designed it that way. He wants us to experience emotion. It makes life rich. It makes life valuable. Sometimes it can make it a train wreck. We do have to be careful what we do with emotion, okay? It is an awesome, awesome byproduct of what we're living. It's not to be the main Don't live for the feelings, but feelings are a part of the deal. You know, I wrote down a phrase here. We will have emotions about what we're experiencing. We will. Emotions can either be centered in control and anxiety and personal desires, or they can be centered reflective and submissive. We need our emotions to be reflective, truly reflecting on what's going on. It it is a sickness if in the midst of deep pain, we simply are laughing. We're missing it. It's healthy to feel and reflect on what's happening. But submissive reflection, right? I can start demanding my way in the midst of those feelings. I don't like these feelings very much. And I can start turning it. Why aren't you? Come on, God. That's not prayer. That's an attempt at control. Having reflective, submissive emotions in the midst of it. Jesus Christ was sorrowful. It says even unto death. That's a big deal. He was experiencing some deep, deep pain. And he was leaning on daddy in the midst of it. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 It's a great couple of verses that tell us real clearly, he is our high priest, Jesus Christ, our high priest. And he went through and is going through what we've gone through. 
He's experienced that temptation in the physical body. He had experienced the emotions and the wild, erratic experiences of this world. Mistreating, hurting. And in the midst of that, he did not sin. And that's the high priest that we can go to and storm the throne in grace of. And trust in and lean on for mercy and grace in our time of need. He gets where you're at. He understands what you've gone through. He's gone through more. Think of having to carry the entire weight of the world's sin on you. All justice of God, all wrath of God on me. That's what Jesus carried for us. Sorrowful, even unto death. And where does it drive him? To his knees in a relationship with daddy. You know, we serve a risen Savior. Amen? We serve a King of Kings. Amen? We serve a God who cares so much that he wants to lean into your life as daddy. Amen? Now that's a God worth knowing. Now that's a God worth sharing. Now that's a God worth having a conversation with every once in a while. Don't you think? Conversations with God. Cultivating a passion for prayer. He wants us to delight in him. He wants us to lay our burdens at his feet. Helen Roosevelt. She uh, came to speak at Wheaton College back in the early 80s. I was a student there in the early 80s. Yes. So we are listening to this woman speak with a British accent. I mean, she, you just stunned as you listen to her story from beginning to end. Phenomenal speaker. One of the stories she told, there was a child who was with her in the orphanage. And they were working together and she was trying to help her and train this child a little bit. And a mother had come in from the uh, bush area, sick and pregnant. And she ended up having this child prematurely and then she passed away on the table. And this little premature infant needed to be cared for. And they had nothing from an incubator perspective. All they had was hot water bottles and they had cuts and holes in them and water was leaking out. It wouldn't work. And so Helen Roosevelt rallied the kids around and she said, we need to pray. We need to pray that God will provide something like a hot water bottle. And so this little child stepped up and said, I'll pray. And she prayed, God, please provide a hot water bottle today. Today. This little baby will die tomorrow. We need a hot water bottle today. And could you please provide a little doll too? Because the mom that came in had a two-year-old. And she doesn't have her mom now. Could you give her a doll? That afternoon at two o'clock, a gift arrived, a package. And as she unwrapped it, beginning to think, God, what are you doing? She lifts up clothing, there's some articles of clothing, and underneath, a hot water bottle. And the little girl dives on the box and says, Keep looking, there's got to be a baby doll. And there was, at the very bottom of that box, a little doll. And they were able to take care of that family in their time of hurt. You know what? God had put it on the hearts of a women's group five months earlier in the States to sit down and pray through what they might be able to give to missionaries in the field. 
and he put upon their heart to give a hot water bottle and a baby doll. I mean, can you imagine? God knows what your burdens will be, not only what they are, and he is at work already. Go to your knees in prayer to daddy. He knows your needs of tomorrow. He knows your needs of today. And he wants to work with you in the midst of it. He is worth praying to. He is worth conversing with. God knows where you're going. He knows where you've been. And he knows what you need. Daddy, throw yourself in his arms. What burden are you carrying? What is it you need to be laying over right now? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of times where we lay it over and we go like this, right? We have something in our hand and we start to hand it over. And then as we hand it, we kind of go, yep, and we pull it back. You know what I'm saying? I'm laying it over. Why? Because it's three feet away, about an arm's length, you know? And I'm holding it an arm's length away. And then when I'm done with that, boom, it's back in my lap and I'm walking away with it again. That's not laying it over, okay? Laying it over. Everybody take your hand, hold it up, closed fist. This is your burden. This is your burden. Small enough to carry, but large enough to hurt deeply. And you reach it out, and you let go. And now it's God's. And turn your hand up, and just hang on. What are you going to deliver, Lord? What are you going to deliver? That's laying your burden in his hands. It's reaching up, reaching out, letting go. This is yours to handle, Lord. Sometimes he'll answer in two hours. Sometimes he won't. But we need to trust in him. What is it you're letting go of right now today? You need to be thinking it through. It's time. It's time to let go. So first, delighting in an intimate, trusting relationship with the Almighty. Second, laying my heart's burdens in his hands. And third, submit to his will in each situation. Submit to his will in each situation. Look at what Christ prays here. He says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Yet not what I will, but what you will. In other words, my perception says this might be a good thing. My perception says, I could see going this way. What do you think, God? But there's times where my perception is skewed. So what do you think, God? You see, the difference between prayer and control is prayer says, what do you think? I'm laying this in your hands. Control says, I've told you what I want. Now go do it. Is he the waiter who has come up to serve at the table where you've sent him away to get the right kind of bread? Or is he the person across from you? where you're in relationship with him, interacting with him, and trusting in him. Daddy is at the table. Lay it in his hands. Let him make some big decisions. Now, I gave you an example with Helen Rosevere of an answer of yes. Those are always really easy to accept, aren't they? I mean, praise God, he works. And we have praises all the time that are rolling through this church. As we get these friendship registers... 
Aaron was referring to, we get to pray through and sometimes we read of answers to prayer that God is at work and he's done exactly what you've been asking. Praise God. Jesus Christ said, please take this cup from me. Answer was, no. What? Hang on. Jesus prayed, now let's answer it. Take this cup from me. And the answer was, no. What? Are you telling me that we might pray and even be fully, fully in communion with God? And the prayer we've just prayed is going to be answered, no? I don't get it. John chapter 15, verse 7 says that if you abide in him, ask whatever you will and it will be given to you. What is going on? We better make these two jive because if we don't get this working out, we don't understand prayer. What was going on? Is Christ not abiding with him? God didn't abide with God? How'd that work? Must not be that. Jesus didn't sin, we're told in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. He didn't remove himself from abiding with them. So what's happening? When we go through our struggles and we put words onto our lips that in our human perception, which is limited, and Jesus Christ did give up an aspect of his privilege. He didn't lose it. Don't get me wrong. He didn't become less than fully God. As fully God, he gave up a privilege of at times knowing all things. And in the midst of giving that up and in that limited perception, he said, is there a different plan at this point? If there is, I'm good with it. Where are we headed? Can we take this cup from me or do we need to head through it? And if it's through it, I'll go through it. Reflective, but submissive. If it's through it, I'll go through it. There are times where we will stand in the presence of daddy and we will be asking in all sincerity and in true abiding, I think this is where it might be less pain. And the answer might be, yes, but I need to be having you go through it. My will is at work. Something better is on the backside. What was the better for Jesus Christ? You and me in relationship with him for all eternity. A privilege of knowing him and being forgiven because of his shed blood. Jesus Christ paying it all for you and me. That's what was behind that. What's behind what may be a no in your life. God is at work and there's times where we need to submit and allow him to do that work. I challenge you to do this, to continue to abide in him. And as you ask, allow your asking to be shaped. Jesus Christ asked two more times. He went back and he prayed the same prayer, it says, over again, three times over, perseverant, saying, God, this is my prayer. God, Father, Daddy, and in the end, he came to this recognition. The time is at hand. See, here they come. It's time to go through it. The answer's been given. Let's go. Reflective and submissive. How do we persevere? I wrote this quote down. Warren Wearsby. Perseverance is not overcoming the reluctance of God, but rather laying hold of God's willingness. It's not overcoming his reluctance. God didn't want to, but I'm going to talk him into it. It's laying into his willingness. It's recognizing which direction he's going and going with him. That's huge. 
If we think of prayer as constantly badgering God till he finally gives us what we want, that's not daddy. That's not intimate, personal. That's not submissive. That's why prayer brings anxiety because we go at it the wrong way. We go in trying to control and kick down doors and make them do what we want. And that's not what it's about. It's about submitting to him and all you've got. Here's my question for you. Are you ready to submit? Are you ready to submit? That's an ugly word sometimes. There was a ship at sea. The captain had a light that was beaming back at him some message. And he said, we're headed dead at that light. Tell that ship to move now. Send him a message. Move 10 degrees south. Message is sent. Message comes back. Move 10 degrees north. He says, send him a message. I'm a captain. Message sent. Message comes back. I'm a seaman, third class. He says, send him a message. I'm a battleship. Message comes back. I'm the lighthouse. (laughs) Are you trying to move the lighthouse? Or are you moving in alignment with the lighthouse? God Almighty is at work in your life. Shift and move with him. Abide in him. Let him transfer and transition you where he needs you to go. He's at work. Lay your life before him. Let go and submit. The lighthouse is directing your life. God Almighty at work. Now that is worth grabbing onto. Now that's worth being passionate about. A personal relationship with daddy leading and directing you through life, guiding you to where you need to go. You know what? I want to make sure that we close today. Let's have the worship team come up. Ushers are going to be coming forward and they're going to be passing out some cards down the row. This is not about learn and go home today. This is about learn and do. So we've learned about prayer. Now it's time to do a little prayer. A card's coming down the aisle. Each of you is going to get these cards. Take time to write down a little bit of your prayer. What is it that you need to reach out and let go of and lay it in his hand? Each of us has something. I do. You do. We've all got it. So as these cards are coming down the aisle, take one, write down on it, okay, what it is you're struggling with. And this is what I want you to do. After you've prayed over it, bring that card forward and let's lay them at the front. We're laying them before God Almighty. Okay, let's do this. Let's lay cards here on this speaker, on the other speaker, and at the front middle. So there's three different spots, okay? It should keep the traffic flow a little bit, going a little bit well. Just take a little time to reflect. This is our time to go before Daddy, your Daddy, reaching out to you in personal, intimate relationship to lay your burdens out into His hands and submit to His will. What is it you need to be letting go of? What is it you need to be letting go of right now? Give it to him.